1: Thank you for your presence today. The Bible tells us to trust in God and lean not to our own understanding, to acknowledge Him in all our ways and He will direct our paths. Yet even as Christians, too often we think we can do what we want to do without praying to God for guidance and wisdom. Just like Samson, we break our vows and suffer the consequences of our godless decisions and actions. We miss out on blessings God has for us. Yet because He is God, His will ultimately prevails. You'll want to take notes, so have your Bible, pen, and paper handy. Turn with us.
2: Our first passage that we're going to be dealing with is First Thessalonians chapter four, verses three through five, and then uh, the main text is in Judges, Judges chapter sixteen. But we'll start with uh, First Thessalonians chapter four, three through five, and then be prepared to turn to the book of Judges chapter sixteen. For the last three or four weeks, we've been preaching a series on Samson. We've gone from Enoch uh, to Noah, and now we are wrapping up uh, Samson. And uh, the series has been entitled Samson, a judge who was chosen and consecrated by God, but was negligent with his Nazarite vow. Samson, a judge who was chosen and consecrated by God, but was negligent with his Nazarite vow, part four. We've been speaking on Samson, Samson for a number of weeks, and you say, well, I just got here. Well, you can always get the CD and, and hear what was said previously. But with all that's been said in recent weeks, let me just summarize the whole thing and bring it all together. What are some spiritual lessons we can learn from the life of Samson, what spiritual lessons can we learn from Samson's life? Number one, the account of Samson teaches us not to be careless with sexual purity. The account of Samson teaches us not to be careless with sexual purity. First Thessalonians chapter four, verses three through five says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. In other words, don't do it, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. Because we are children of God, and belong exclusively to Him. We must not de- defile our vessel. You say, "What is our vessel?" Our vessel is is the body, the body that God has gifted us with. The vessel is the temple of Christ, indwelt by the Holy Spirit, and we are set apart for purity and di- and the divine purposes of Almighty God. Our body was not created for passion lust, and sexual immorality. Now, unbelievers do this because they do not know God. If you can sin all over the place, premarital sex, adultery, homosexuality, lesbianism, and uh bestiality, and incest, if you do know all that kind of stuff, it doesn't bother you, you can sleep well at night, and you just live to just play in your day, that's a sure sign that you are not saved. And uh, you say, well, I... I I'm 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 saved, but I still like to do these things and I do them with those sense of remorse. No, you're not saved. The Bible says, why call me Lord and do not the things I, I say? As a matter of fact, there ought to be evidence of your salvation. As a matter of fact, if you were convicted for being a Christian, is there enough evidence to substantiate the fact that you are a Christian? Unbelievers do this because they do not know God and do not have the restraining work of the Holy Spirit living within them. We have the Holy Spirit living in us to convict us of our sins and to point us to the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, another lesson we can learn from Samson is this. My friends, one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. Say self-control. Samson's failure was because of yielding to his carnal appetites of the flesh and evil associations. You cannot do better in life while associating with people who are no good, who are sinful. Uh, One of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. Samson's failure was because of yielding to his carnal appetites of the flesh and having evil associations in his life. If you're led by your fleshly desires instead of the Holy Spirit, You are destined for adversity and even death. You say, how do you know that? Because Romans chapter 8 verse 13 says, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. I mean, you know, that's not confusing. You just do whatever your flesh want to do. If it feels good, do it. You just live according to the lustful appetites and the desires of the flesh. It is possible for you to sin yourself to death. Die prematurely simply because of not being restrained by the Holy Spirit's power. Some of the flesh, you say, well, can you give me some examples of, of fleshly things? Some of the fleshly indulgences that can lead to death are overeating and unhealthy eating habits. You know, you can just junk food yourself to death. You can soda yourself to death. Excessive use of alcohol, using tobacco when you don't have a chimney in your body, uh, abuse of prescription and illegal drugs, uh, sexual promiscuity will lead you to an early death and all kinds of sexual diseases. Uh, some of you are engaging in high-risk behaviors. Uh, you, you, you push your life to the edge and you do some of the strangest things and, and, and leave your life just dangling out there. You'll have an early death or you'll just make yourself sick with high stress jobs. You have good money and, uh, you benefits, but the job is killing you. But, but you like the money and perhaps you possibly are losing your family in the process. Listen, it's better to make less and be at home with your children. Your children don't care about A whole lot of money. They they just want your presence. They want a daddy in the house. They want a mother in the house. Uh, 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 Mamas, be it known to you, no daycare can treat your child like you. No daycare will love your child like you. Child three weeks old, and they're already in in some daycare. I know sometimes people don't have choices, but they're susceptible to all kind of diseases and all kind of things like that. And if it's possible, you stay home as long as you can. I'm a proponent of homeschool and Christian school and, and all these things. And I know that sometimes that can't work in certain situations. I do understand that. But our, those children are a gift, gift from God to us. And uh, we're responsible for being available to them and not having them being latchkey kids. And uh and just raised up on the television and mom don't get home and dad don't get home to seven, eight o'clock in the evening. And then you all tired and grouchy and you take it out on them uh simply because you worked all day. Well, it's not their fault. Uh, look how quiet it is now. I know you're listening. You lead yourself to an early grave through being a workaholic. You work, 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 work you on the computer all all day and then you come home you rush straight to the computer leave me alone i'm busy i'm busy i'm busy and then when you get grown I mean, when your kids get grown and you say won't you spend some time uh with with your parents today they say well i'm busy i'm busy And they have they've learned to say that i'm busy from you okay you can busy your children be say you're busy you i'm busy 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 to the point that your children pick up that saying i'm busy now you old and need company and they They're saying I'm busy. (laughs) Delving into the occult will kill you. Uh, All that Harry Potter stuff, witches, Halloween stuff is already out there. You have not ever dressed your child up as a witch. The Bible speaks against witches and warlocks, all that stuff. You don't, you don't, we're, we're children of light. We're not children of darkness. Uh, be, uh, being involved in gangs will lead to an early death, engaging in road rage. Listen, don't you give somebody the finger because they cut you off. That's an early death sentence. Uh, possessing uncontrollable anger, uh, you, uh, your anger will kill you, or you have a confrontational disposition. In other words, you, you, you just, you, you'll snap at a moment's notice. And you know, some of these folks will snap right back. That's right. And they'll give you what you weren't looking for.
1: Samson broke the vow that existed between him and God. He thought he knew better than our omniscient God who gave him clear directives that would have blessed his life. He chose to ignore God's instruction and pay the price for the ungodly decisions he made. We suffer the same fate when we walk by sight rather than by faith and the consequences can be devastating. We must lean and depend on God's will for our lives and watch and listen for his wisdom, grace, mercy, and love. God is on our side. Listen as pastor Rander continues. But the Bible says, but if by
2: the spirit you put to death, the deeds of the body, you will live. In other words, the Holy Spirit ought to be in control of your flesh, your desires, your passions. The Holy Spirit ought to be in control of you. You, are, you ought to be under the influence and under the management of the Holy Spirit. When you let your flesh overrule the Holy Spirit in your life, then you're headed for all kinds of trouble. Number three, another thing we can learn about Samson is that um, Samson had an insatiable thirst for vengeance. For example, in Judges chapter 15, verses 1 through 4, Samson felt justified in taking vengeance on the Philistines when his father-in-law gave his wife away to his best man and suggested Samson marry the sister instead. In scripture, we know that vengeance belongs to the Lord. However, it is dangerous to live by a spirit of vengeance, which can bring on all kinds of unnecessary trouble into our lives. God doesn't ever tell us to get even. I'm gonna get them back. Um, Romans 12, 19 says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine. Who, who's talking here? This is God. It's mine. It is, it is It is God's business to get people back, not yours. And you try to get even with folk, God's just step back and say, okay, you want to have it your way? I'll let you mess up your way. And I'm not going to get involved in it because you didn't leave vengeance to me. God can get people back in a way that you can never get them back. The vengeance belongs to me. I will repay. I will repay. You just uh, have a holy hush about yourself. You just keep looking at me. Keep depending on me. Keep trusting in me, says the Lord. Beloved, if you take matters into your own hands, do not expect the Lord to defend you. Okay? Sometimes how you feel justified. Well, I didn't get this. This person didn't do this for me. How could this person abandon me? I felt like this and that, and I feel like the mistreated stepchild. And so uh, I'm going to show them who who they're messing with. I'm going to lay my religion down. If you can lay it down, you, you you didn't have much. Amen. Matter of fact, I don't know what about it. God didn't call us to be religious anyway. He calls us to be saved, to be sanctified. Amen. Children of God, children of light, Uh, pilgrims, sojourners. That's who we are. Get the right identification. Um, Number four, the further away you drift from God, the more careless and negligent you become with sacred things. Samson uh, had the Nazarite vow upon him. He was forbidden to drink and to have his hair cut, to mess with anything, no wine, nothing from grapes, not to touch a dead corpse. It had all kinds of things. We talked about that earlier. earlier. He had a Nazarite vow. He was consecrated to God before he was even born, before he was born. And yet he was negligent with his Nazarite vow that was upon him. Judges 16, 19a says, Then she lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Beloved, we too must not become careless with that which is sacred before the Lord. It's a dangerous thing when you become careless with sacred things like Samson was careless with his Nazarite vial and his hair. Uh, What are some of the sacred Things that many Christians are careless with. Our worship to God. You come in here grumbling. You come in here looking like you've been baptized in lemon juice. You come in here won't speak, mad, touchy, mean-spirited. You, 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 you you're tampering with something that's sacred. You're being careless with your worship. It's possible to have good church attendance and not ever worship God. Uh, you, you're not to be careless or negligent with the word of God. This is the very word of God, and you're, to, you, and you're careless with it when you know what it says, but you don't do what it's what it's telling you to do. You don't keep the commandments of God or the law of God, the word of God. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but you shall meditate day day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thyself pro- thy way prosperous, and then you will have good success. The word of God is life, uh, and we must not be negligent with it. Our body, which is a temple of God, you need to watch what you put in your body, and you are to be careful with what you put on your body. You need to consult God with what you wear. There are a lot of things you won't wear if you check in with God. We're talking to, uh, yesterday up at the Usher's picnic about clothes too tight. Uh that the dress is too short. The Holy Spirit will convict you, ladies, when your dresses are too short. That's right. Uh when a man's pants are too tight, uh, when the cleavage is too uh deep. Y'all you know, you know, you you know, looking at me like maybe I need to start talking some Greek in here. Y'all know you, you you are you are people of nobility. That's right. Uh we we represent God. We're not to showcase our body. It's not about fashion. It's about Jesus. Fashion can't keep you holy, but Jesus can. Our body is the temple of God that the Holy Spirit lives in. We're not to be negligent with the church of God, and we're not to be negligent with the Lord's Supper. You know you'll kill yourself mishandling the Lord's Supper and being negligent with it and won't even show up for it? Who in here saved yourself? None of you. And so he says, you come back and, 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 and do this in remembrance of me. First Corinthians chapter 11, verses 28 through 31. It says, that is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment, judgment, Upon yourself. That is why many of you are weak. Some people, some saints are weak because they were negligent with the Lord's Supper. Some became sick because they mishandled the Lord's Supper. And some have even died, fell asleep. Euphemism for death. Verse 31. But if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. Mishandling the Lord's Supper, taking it in a negligent way. God, uh, may just put you to sleep. In other words, kill you because of your mishandling something so sacred. Or you just conveniently omit coming to receive it because you'd rather stay home and watch football, basketball, or play with lassie or something. Number five. Another lesson we can learn from Samson's life. When we disregard or become negligent with sacred things, we break our fellowship with God and give the enemy an opportunity to defeat and exploit us. You you keep being negligent with sacred things, you break fellowship with God, and you give the enemy, Satan and evil people, an opportunity to exploit you. After Delilah used Samson and got what she wanted, she reported it to the Philistines she got her money from them and then she was through with Samson. Beloved, all the Delilahs are not gone. There are many people who will come into your life and appear to be the real deal. However, they will use, they will use you to get what they want. They will abandon you, ruining your life, leaving you in a lifetime of recovery. Be careful. Don't you believe? Those words are sweet talking guys and women. And, and you just bind into them. You better examine their lives. You better learn to hear God. And you better have, have, ask God to give you a spirit of discernment and a whole lot of wisdom so that you can screen and know, uh, what people are up to. Cause people will, people can, people nowadays, they're smooth liars. Smooth liars. And you be duped in the process. If you are not discerning in the Holy Spirit. The sixth lesson we can learn about Samson is this. The scripture says in Judges 16, 18, when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she said and called for the lords of the Philistines saying, come up at once, for he has told me all his heart. So the lords, so the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in their hand. They had what she wanted. An inability, my friend, to identify your own spiritual decline will result in your being exploited and taken advantage of by the enemy. When you don't realize that you are sliding downwardly spiritually, then Satan takes advantage of you, and you are open for all kinds of satanic attacks and and will be defeated simply because of your... Uh, spiritual decline. Therefore, you must always be aware of your spiritual condition. What is the level of your spiritual condition if you were to evaluate it now? It is possible to be in spiritual regression and not even know it. Some people think they are spiritual when they are a hot mess. That's right. Some people think that they, all of that in Christ and God, God is saying, You are so far from me. Matter of fact, I'm about to put you in my divine woodshed. It's bad. It's a terrible thing when when you're in need of spiritual ICU and don't even know you're that bad off. Number seven, Samson had power. Listen to this. The seventh thing we can learn about Samson's life is this. Samson had power without purity. And he had strength without self-control. He was strong, but didn't have self-control, which caused his life to spiral out of control. That's big. Let me just say that again. You need to be writing that down because just because you got biceps don't mean you're strong spiritually. Just because you got muscles and can run and looking, looking all buffed and beefed and spiritually you're a wimp. Samson had power without purity, and he had strength without self-control, which caused his life to spiral out of control. Judges 16.1 says, Now Samson went to Gaza, saw a harlot there, and went in to her. My friend, be mindful that it is possible for one to be physically strong, yet spiritually weak. It is not about your biceps, it's about your... Knowing the Lord's precepts, even though Samson has supernatural strength and the presence of God in his life, he failed because of spiritual negligence and loving women more than God, which is idolatry. You love anything more than God. It's outright idolatry. And the word of God says in Exodus, in Exodus 20, you shall have no other gods before me. First uh, Corinthians 10, 12 says, therefore, let him who thinks he stand, take heed lest he fall. No one should come between you and God or come before God. Not technology, not people, not wife, not husband, not children, uh, not job, n- nothing. Celebrities, rock stars, movie stars, Sometimes you you following people that's headed straight to hell. People of God making a series of bad decisions and living a spiritual life has devastating consequences. Uh, look, look, look at Samson's losses. Samson lost because he was negligent with spiritual things. Samson lost his relationship with God. He lost his family. By this time, you don't hear a thing about his family. He, it's a terrible thing when sin causes you to lose your family. You know what is it? He lost his hair that he wasn't supposed to touch. What does he lose? He lost his strength. He lost strong man, supernatural strength from God, lost it all. You know what he lost? He lost his anointing. You know what is he lost? He lost his eyes. He was blinded. What else did he lose? He lost his freedom. He was in prison. Look at the losses. And then ultimately he lost his life. A man so full of potential and he loses his life. All of our lessons do not have to be hard learned. Can you not learn some lesson from Samson and do better to save yourself some trouble and to save myself some trouble? Let's save ourselves some losses and apply the lessons from Samson's life to our own lives today. If not, sin will destroy us as well.
1: Want to live in the joy of the Lord? Trust and obey Him. There is a song with these words. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way. While we do His good will, He abides in us still and with all who will trust and obey trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in jesus but to trust and obey if you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety please visit us at maranatha bible church located at 7855 east loop 1604 north in converse texas or call us at 210-821-5683